Welcome to the Sound of Movement podcast. We're kicking off a week of assessments. We're going to be talking about how and why you and when you should be doing assessments. And today's show is all about how imbalances affect performance. So you're going to want to stick around to this one to make sure you're performing optimally. Good morning, everybody. It is Monday morning here in Sydney, Australia, and I have my radio voice on. (laughs) Yes, you do. <laughs> Welcome to the Super if this Sounds. Is, of if this podcast. is the first time you've joined us, uh, my name is Yanni Bormeister. Across the road, uh, across the road from me, across the table from, oh, we're off to a good start. Across the table from me is my brother Rad. Behind the mixer is the voice of God, the sexist, sexiest, sexist man in the room. <laughs> the, the most sexist, sexist man, man in the room. The sexiest man in the room. The, 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 the biggest Richard Lewis. We've ever met. And next to me <laughs> is our resident physiotherapist and the founder of ADP Physio. <laughs> who ADPT. ADPT oh, Physio. Yes, <laughs> not, what a winner. It's not like there's a not, not enough branding around the place yeah. now that, to remind me. Uh, and uh, yeah, we are Unity Gym. Uh, the, the, and the Unify Movement System, where we turn driven people into athletes. Uh, this week, we're going deep on assessments, structural balance, and strength tests. Uh, this is a, a not-to-miss series. We love this series. We love talking about this series. And it comes really well off the back of last week's uh, discussion about balance and the need for balance in, in your life, in your training. Uh, so first, before we get started, I'll ask, how is everyone? Great. If that's your radio voice, man, I don't want to know what radio shows you're, you're listening to. <laughs> Welcome to Yana's Super Sounds. Uh, <laughs> how are you, Richie? I'm good. Uh, went to the beach a couple times. Good. Cracking good. days. Cracking We're winning days. here. We're winning today. Yeah, we need to assess our performance a little bit more on the mm. radio show. Assessment. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. But uh, listen, b- uh, before we dive in, I do want to give a big shout out to ADPT physio uh thank you for everyone who's been jumping on and supporting the guys who have you know startups are tough uh and they're cranking they're absolutely blasting through and thank you to everyone who's given them a google review if you've liked what phil talks about we're doing a full series next week on uh injury management we're going to have nilesh back on the show this wednesday talking about athletic performance and development if you like what these guys do all the free content they give you guys please give them a five-star Google review. It helps them a lot through this uh, initial phase of their startup. And, oh yeah. There you go. And uh, I'd just like to say that today's show is brought to you by our UMS Foundation's phase one program, which is the ultimate way to get started with us. If you want to know how we balance strength, flexibility, and fitness, actually for the foundations, just strength and flexibility into the one workout, then get it. You've got another, uh, I think at this point, you've got 32 hours left to get it at an amazingly discounted rate. So jump into the UMS Movement Mastermind Facebook group where you can click the link at the top of the page and uh, and get it. Awesome. Yeah, some, some exciting physio things coming this week. With Nilesh is going to be on the show again on Wednesday and we're going to try and, in one show, tell you all the things you need to know to avoid injury uh, and get out of injury and perform at your best. So we're really going to try and do like a great overview um, episode on Wednesday with, with Nilesh bringing in some more uh, great nuggets of information just like you did last week with the um, 100 recovery point 100-point recovery system from um, from professional sports. And then next week gonna, I'm going to do a deep dive into each of those points and really um, for all those you know, physio nerds out there who just love to get a deep dive into um, yeah all things that will set, 
save you from injury and uh, and pain long term. So Beautiful. Big thing. Now uh, we want to send some love. We want to send some love out to the podcast listeners. Absolutely crushing our goals there. Give us a five star review. We love you long time. It'll help us. We want to get that podcast growing to millions of people, millions and millions of people. Uh, uh, big shout out to everyone tuning in and uh, bearing with us on our YouTube channel. We haven't posted a weekly workout for a long time. We are going to crank that up soon. We're just about ready to go. We've got some great stuff coming. So lots of love to everyone on, uh, on the YouTube channel. Smash the like button and send us some love back. And a very, very warm welcome to everyone tuning in and uh, uh, joining us on the UMS Movement Mastermind Facebook group. If you haven't already, jump over and join that group and jump into the discussion live. Uh, I can see we've got some uh, people on the stream. Let us know who you are, where you're tuning in from, and answer the question of the day. We want to know if you have some form of physical assessment system that you're using to uh, level up, to make sure that your training is specific to your needs and you're not guessing. Because as we say here at Unity Gym, if you're not assessing, you're only guessing. And it's, uh, it's a, a, a recipe for disaster if you take your training seriously or your athletic performance seriously. So let us know, are you assessing and uh, what system are you using? We'd, we'd love to learn a little bit about it and we'll get someone to type that up in the comments section as well. Let's kick this sucker off. Let's start with the uh, the. We're going to start. We're going to work from the inside out today. We're going to we're going to um, frame four reasons why imbalances, structural imbalances in the body, can become really problematic and raise the risk of injury. Definitely affect your performance. Uh, and I'll just quickly frame those. First of all, we're going to be talking about joint stability. So imbalances between the stability systems and the systems that are moving the, uh, the joint um, to create the movement that we rely on in athletic performance. Uh, and then we're going to talk about the um, structural imbalances between agonist antagonist muscle groups. So think like chest and back is a really obvious example or triceps and biceps. Uh, and how the relationship between those muscles can uh, affect your performance if they're out of balance. Then we're going to talk about symmetry, limb symmetry imbalances from left to right side of your body. You know, classic example for performance is tennis players or players of a, of a sport that swing in one direction only or predominantly, like tennis players usually serve only on one side. And, uh, and that can create huge structural imbalances from a symmetrical standpoint. And then finally, we're going to talk about, uh, from the very, very outset, um, imbalances between things like upper body and lower body, you know, legs and upper body. And th that's a classic. The classic example is the dude who skips leg day and what that can do for overall physical performance. Mm -hmm. You don't want to end up like, uh, like um, some of those sort of calisthenic superstars out there that look like they'd be better adapted to walking around on their hands than on their feet. Mm. Or unlike tennis players who only swing one way, Richard does swing both ways. So <laughs> anybody you were to hanging <laughs> to get that out. <laughs> for those of you listening to the podcast, you miss the stupid faces that we come up with when we're gagging to get a joke out that we think about, you know, so get over and join the live chat. Yeah, so, it's just sitting there itching. So first of all, to start <laughs> off, let's get Phil to explain very quickly in as simple terms as possible, the meaning of joint glide, because that's going to build some context to where we start this discussion. Yep. Muscles are dumb. All they can do is contract. So when you have a big muscle like your stupid pec, uh, and it's, you're doing a powerful pushing motion or a powerful punching motion, um, it's 
doesn't kind of control in sort of 3D space. All it does is contract and relax. So if your your pec is contracting, then your arm's going to swing forward. You're going to going to get into an abducted, uh, like horizontally adducted, um, and internally rotated position, partially flexed position. And what would also happen is your shoulder. Um, the ball would pop out of the front of the socket, and if you just had a peck on a skeleton, that's what would happen. So um, it's really good that that doesn't happen, because, but the only reason that is because we have all these other muscles and all these other um, passive structures that are supporting things in place. Um, so that's why if you have a big muscle at your peck that's got real powerful um, ability to contract, you need to have other muscles that are similarly balanced to stop unwanted uh, movement and so when Yanni mentioned joint glide there, that's exactly what's happening. So for people on the video, um, as your um, that anterior glide is the uh, is that kind of shoulder popping out of the socket thing. So but that doesn't happen because we have rotator cuff muscles. It doesn't happen because we have um, ex uh, basically opposite muscles that yeah. will put the brakes on it before that happens. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah, and this I reckon that this is one of the like we say this a lot and people. People might be listening to this and going, yeah, 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 that makes sense, that makes sense. And, and, and if you're not at that point yet, then really tune in because it's really, really important. But I think like even as a coach, even as a personal trainer, I'm still learning more and more and more about the critical importance of this, which is, you know, uh, indicated by injuries that I've had of recent times. So even somebody at my level of, of education and w with experience, this is something that we don't always get right and it's something that you really really need to like for me I, I i find that i just keep looking on a weekly and monthly basis as to what's my training looking like and how, how balanced is it um you know and and it's good when you understand this because you can very quickly easy go well oh, hang on a minute i've just done x y and z which involved pushing and i only did a that involved pulling oh you know, I'm going to need to balance yeah. that out. And where this becomes so important for injury risk is it, it's not usually like a, like the, it's very rare that you'll actually dislocate your shoulder. So don't start to think that, you know, you're going to be really fragile. But what usually happens is you start to aggravate passive structures. So again, passive structures are anything that you can't contract. They're just um, sort of the like the static uh, scaffolding of your body. So that's going to be your bones, your cartilage, your ligaments. So, um, and in this case with your shoulder, you have your labrum in there, which is the injury that, um, you know, Rad's had before. Um, and you have, um, at the front, you have a, the actual tendon of your bicep that uh, is also acting as a physical barrier. So the, although a tendon is kind of typically more an active structure, the place it sits means that it's sort of there as like a static stop point for your shoulder coming forward. So, um, and that can be really aggravating. And anyone who's got push pain while pushing and, and sharp pain in the front of their shoulder will, um, you know, so many, pretty much everyone <laughs> I know who's ever trained in gym has had that. And that's just a really good example of that anterior glide um, causing like some, some significant pain. And if you just had the active control of your structures then you wouldn't get that pain. So it just should really highlight like that having that dynamic scaffolding, the dynamic active structures, um, keeping the ball in the middle of the socket and stopping joints gliding is, is just such a key thing for performance and injury. And if you can put that down, if, if, if you listen to that and it still bewildered you, for Yanni, Richard and I are training people that come to our gym that say to us, oh, you know, I've had it, you know, I've got like aches and pains and this happens when I do that. Just by doing a balance between pushing and pulling movements in our program irons out a lot of old aches and pains in, in, in a lot of people. For a lot of people, they, they'll just do our program and two or three weeks later, they're like, oh my God, I, I don't have these aches and pains in my shoulders anymore when I, when I do this movement or whatever. Yeah. So it, it, it is so powerful to understand 
uh, the importance of this. And so it's just to be really clear, it's not just ball and socket joints, it's not just shoulders. So in your knee, which is obviously a very different joint to your shoulder, um, like your <laughs> kind of passive structure that people would kind of understand are your ACL um, and PCL, and then your MCL and LCL. So they're all the ligaments that hold the structure together. But you know, Yanni's sort of ACL injury and the amount of hamstring rehab you have to do in that, the amount of quad strengthening, the amount of like calf strength, like you have to do so much strength around there because your calves, your quads, um, and your hamstrings are all adding that active dynamic stability to the system, which then deloads your passive structures like your ACL, helping it heal and be resilient long term. So just be really clear, it's not just a ball and socket thing, it's a every joint you need that active control and support. Yep, that's right. And the, you know, since having my ACL reconstruction and, and uh, uh, my knee operated on, it wasn't just my ACL, but that was probably the most obvious because that was a complete, is it a grade three tear when it's completely severed? Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, I looked into it and, and did a fair bit of research and there are a lot of athletes who have ACL tears now who don't actually get it reconstructed. They just focus on developing the strength of their hamstrings and their semimembranosis or is that's, it semi what, that's one of your hamstrings. So yeah, semitendinosis. Well, one of the tendons that's, pos it's positioned in a way, uh, the origin insertion that it kind of it creates that stability, um, mechanism that the ACL used to do if you develop enough strengthen it so yeah it's interesting to see that you know these you know when we talk about the importance of these deeper uh, muscle systems you know the, the, that is not to say that you should just run off in a direction developing you know your external rotation strength and think that you're going to be totally fine swinging a, a tennis racket or something like that uh, or throwing a ball you, the outer unit the bigger muscles that you do see play a huge role in this but it's very very important that you train those in balance too because they can become a real asset but they can also become a liability and 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 why don't we take that to the uh discussion now um uh which is what happens when you do overdevelop a system of muscles that um, create one side of the contraction or the joint um, movement without balancing the opposing side so the classic example that i like to think about is you know horizontal push pull or vertical push pull patterns because they're very obvious to explain so let's for, for just for, for simplicity's sake we'll focus today on the horizontal push pull pattern and maybe maybe um, uh, knee flexion extension or something like that. Yeah, well, I think you know, Yanni, your example of your boxing days went back in the day when you just did a lot of boxing and you know a lot of <laughs> uh, a lot of pec work and. Uh, like that's a really good example with with boxes and but the kind of typical ones you see in the gym are the um you know for powerlifters who like you are competing in your bench press but you're not competing in your you know horizontal row so it's very easy to then if you look at people's training they'll just like absolutely blast the um yeah the bench press but without then matching it out with your um your horizontal pull as well so i think that's like kind of the most clear example of how you could really develop some um, yeah, solid sort of imbalance in your shoulder that will lead to long-term stability issues. And I think like, you know, uh, a good example of how this affects performance as well is with, with Bass, who we talk about quite a lot, who's a powerlifting coach with people who are really big bench presses and come to him uh, for to get a better bench. What he does is get some like doubling down and they're pulling, leaves the bench, like just kind of maintenance on the bench. And then like they'll generally get a better bench just from really maxing out some pulling to restore a bit more balance because the body really does like to shut down movements if it's being overdeveloped. If it's unstable. Yeah, yep. it's so. interesting because I've actually met a handful of powerlifters who competed really competitively for a very brief amount of time uh, and then their careers were, were over effectively because they, uh, they 
create this insane imbalance. They don't really have the programming structure down pat. They don't either, whether it's lack of education or laziness. Uh, and they, yeah, they, you know, I, I, I met this guy. I'm not going to name any names because he's probably still in the industry and, and uh, he was a bit of a dick anyway, but anyway. Um, and he, yeah, <laughs> I had a conversation with him. He actually was a nutritionist and and, um, and he was insanely overweight and looked like one of the most unhealthy pe people I've ever met. So I don't know how that works out. But, um, and I remember talking to him about how, you know, he could no longer, he was he was having a, a, a hip a labrum um, um repair and it went you know he, and it had happened three or four times and he got to the point where he can no longer he, all he could compete in was bench press he couldn't um squat or deadlift anymore and uh and when i used to talk to him about you know was he ever doing anything like uh, remedial or prehab or or single leg or stability and he just sh would shut it down like oh, it's all a waste of time total waste of time and he'd slam me for you know wa wasting people's time in doing structural balance stuff and all this and this is a guy who could now no longer squat or deadlift and i no. kind of feel like he gave up the right to <laughs> <laughs> to co to to comment on something that he believes he knew a lot about, and he goes, "Yeah, but my squ I used and I called him out on it once, and he said, "Well, what do you squat?" And I said, oh, "I don't know. My max is about 180 kilos." He goes, "Yeah, well, my max was 240," and I said, "Yeah, it was." Yeah, yeah, Since, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. when did you when did you squat anything above your own body weight? And he goes, "I told you, I can't squat anymore because my hips are fucked." And I'm like, do you not do you not hear what you're saying? You know, like it's just bizarre. And this, and I've I met people with the same thing on uh, powerlifters on their bench press. You know, they used to have a 300 kilo bench press, uh, but they can't bench anymore because they fuck their shoulders. You know, and and, and 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 in all honesty, that is one of the greatest driving forces behind the creation of the UMS for all of us because we were. Uh, you know, you, it, it, it was really Yanni and I, Yanni and I are the oldest people in this room here, and we were feeling the effects of aging, and we were starting to feel like, wow, our bodies are breaking down, and we need to understand why, and we need to make changes, rather than doing what you just described, which is, uh, I'm just going to keep going this way until I'm, you know, and something magical will happen and turn it around. And if we come back to the point of this show, that is when the idea of assessments is critical because when you assess, if you do proper assessments, you reveal these imbalances and you should then go, whoa, look at this. I better change something about the way I'm doing things rather than just, oh, I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing, you know? Yeah, 100%. And just on, on the horizontal push-pull shoulder example that I was talking about before, it's really like it, it can seem quite simplistic to think like, okay, we'll like balance out, um, you know, push and, and, and pull. But it's really important to then understand sort of a bit deeper into the anatomy. So with when you think about push and pull, you've got your pecs as being your major sort of pushing muscles, then you've got your lats as being the major um, pulling muscles. And when you think about what the actions of both of those muscles are, um, the you know they both have their pu pulling and pushing actions but they both have internal rotation in common so it's really like important to see then that there's now these like big muscles that have a huge sort of ability to cause internal rotation as you strengthen both of them you're going to have more internal rotation sort of built into that system and so you've then got to think okay is like now i've got to think like do i have adequate external rotation force mm -hmm. so you're always yeah. trying to think about that balance between 
um, mm-hmm. between both. And so that's why with the assessment structures and, and the training in your new gym as well, there's a, a, a good focus on then developing that external rotation um, yeah, force pattern. as well. And so I, that's yeah. where this stuff like it can seem really simple, but then you can also yeah, go I'm a bit I'm so deeper. glad you brought that up. <laughs> and we're going to go really deep into the exact assessments that we have. Uh, we're going to talk about industry standards on Thursday, and then we're going to talk about UMS standards on Friday. Uh, and there's a reason why we don't test for internal rotation, isolation, but we do test for external rotation, isolation, and Phil just summed it up perfectly there. Mm. Now, I don't want to go into that t- in too much detail just yet because we are going to talk about that and reveal all of that on uh, Thursday and Friday. And there are a few nuances, but we like to think of you know um, developing a one-to-one ratio of uh, horizontal push, horizontal pull. Uh, and and the, you know f- f- the, the time where these um, uh, uh, numbers, where these ratios, where these benchmarks and standards differ is depending on what coach and what athlete they're training you know if you're training a rower a professional rower an olympic standard rower then of course you're going to probably um uh prioritize or 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 expect a better row uh, a better pull strength than uh push strength and then it it, it, it changes that dynamic a little bit. But for us, because we're creating the perfect balance, as we spoke about last week, we're creating a foundation for you to be able to deploy into just about any sport. Um, then uh, we want it to be as close as possible to one-to-one push-pull mm-hmm. and things like that. And, you know, it works incredibly well. Uh, and yeah, we'll, we'll talk about more of that, um, you know, in, in, the, in the rest of the And just sort of on week. that, like for someone, you know, who may be listening who's really into powerlifting, they might think like, oh, okay, you know, I've like got this bench press that's 200 kilos there's no way i'm going to get like a bent over horizontal row at 200 kilos or, or whatever but it's it's important to think that like with these one-to-one ratios it doesn't necessarily mean you have to just have the same one rm you might have like a you know a one rm in a bench press then a five rm that's kind of an equivalent in yep. that because generally in powerlifting it's more important to have really good isometric um pulling strength to be able to hold with a deadlift and to be able to have the stability during a bench press so it does get again quite nuanced in that sort of ways. That's exactly so. right, and and it's, it has to be specific to the sport uh, to the in. sport that you're training for. You know, um, so th- let's talk a little bit now about uh, symmetry, uh, symmetry between left and right side, and what can happen when that goes out of whack. Because th- this is where you start to really expose your body to injury. You know, and I've tr- my personally trained a couple of um, <coughs> retired professional tennis players in my day who started to run into to problems like where their body was starting to literally cause, the, the, the development of their muscles was starting to cause scoliosis. And I don't know what it's called. Is it called dominant side scoliosis? The, the, lots of different terms. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, um, uh, but basically what happens is the, bo- the, the body develops it to such a degree on one side that it starts to sort of pull, the, and, and without the right uh, um, uh, recovery, without the right maintenance, stretching, flexibility, mobility, it can ca- kind of cause enough tension that it, uh, that it causes the, the, the posture to, to change and adapt, yep. you know? And, and that can become quite painful. It, it can expose you to more injury risk, more unnecessary sort of wear and tear in, in, in the joints and things like that. And it's a sacrifice that a lot of professional athletes make. We spoke about this last week. You know, professional athletes aren't necessarily always healthy. We do like to put them on that pedestal and assume that a, an athlete, because of the, the sheer amount of exercise they're doing, is uh, healthy and we emulate them, but often they are making huge sacrifices to their health. Because remember, the true meaning of health is the absence of illness or injury. 
and most athletes are not absent of injury. We actually had a great conversation with an ex-professional uh, rugby league player here who was training and uh, he had retired from professional sport, did his last four years playing rugby union overseas uh, to make a bit of money, bank a bit of cash, and then he came back and, and he said, you know, as a, as a professional rugby league player, the only game you ever play uninjured is your first game. You remember Craig saying that? <laughs> and from that point on, you are managing injuries. And I ha actually spoke to Nilesh about this, uh, who is a, is a performance physiotherapist for the GWS Giants still today. He only works here two days a week. And he was saying the same thing. He said, yeah, it's, it's just a constant management of injuries for the professional players. You know, there's none of them that aren't injured, you yeah. know. And so when you think about that, considering the, 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 the meaning of the word health, athletes aren't healthy, mm. you know. And I'm just, I've been typing away here trying to find a, a, a good example of this, but one of the, like, I mean, the kind of Rafael Nadal really dense, like, you know, right arm is a, a well-known sort of thing, how he's got like a, a big beefy arm and he's like a, He looks like a crab. Yeah, he, he looks, looks like a crab. One of those but crabs um, with a really one interesting one is um, in baseball players, in pitchers, um, humoral retroversion is something that develops as you get into um, pitching a lot, which basically you start to get a like backwards twist in your, um, in your humerus itself which allows for a larger amount of external rotation. And so you see some of the, I'll post a little. Oh man, you see some of those pictures. I'm, post it, those I'm posting pictures a little yeah. pictures yeah. in it's like back. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so for anyone who's like watching the uh, UMS online, uh, um, Mastermind Live, I'll just put a little post here, a little um, a link here. So have a look there and you, you see these, these guys, their arms are like, twisted all the way back and so what's actually happened there is because they've just pitched through their through their developing years um they've actually developed a twist in their humerus which means that they'll never be able to get the same amount of internal rotation but they've got the same amount of total range but it's so heavily weighted towards external rotation because of the way that they've um developed so i think it's just a really good example of how you know there are sort of some beneficial sporting performance like adaptations that happen but you know whether like not whether that that causes <laughs> some health issues down the line is a, that's right is a whole absolutely so yeah like click on that link and have a look because it's pretty yeah, sort of fascinating um crazy <laughs> um it's crazy stuff there so yeah, so that's the, the you know the the need for symmetry, and this is this is the thing, and we're going to talk about this a lot more tomorrow. But the need for understanding that when you train at the gym, when you go to your gym, you employ a coach or a personal trainer or an exercise physiologist or a sports exercise scientist. If you're lucky enough to get someone like Phil or Nilesh, who's also a physiotherapist, you know there is. If you're not uh, an athlete who's training for a specific sport, and even if you are, you, you want to be training in a way that is balancing your body. I out these structural imbalances over time it's never going to happen immediately and you sh and I don't recommend that you stop training just to focus on an imbalance because you probably create something else you keep yeah. progressing on all of your strength and everything but you just want to be uh, building into your program some form of assessment system that is continually either benchmarking where you're at now so that you can um, uh, assess your progress but also steering you in a direction that is of balance you know we have a term at unity gym your body balance score you know where do you sit uh, and it's taking into consideration the stability systems versus the movement systems it's taking into consideration the opposing muscle systems in every joint it's taking into consideration the symmetry of your body from left to right side and then 
Finally, and, and arguably the most important for those who are interested in aesthetically driven training, it's taking into consideration your top and bottom half, you know, your legs in comparison to your upper body. Uh, and, and, and naturally, if you're into certain sports uh, or hobbies or passions like calisthenics where you're really dominant in your upper body, there is still a real need uh, from an overall health perspective to be developing your lower body. You know, you do not want to end up one of those people who would get blown over by a strong wind because you just, you know, the upper body works as a sail to catch the wind because of the <laughs> d d ginormous lats that you've got and, yeah. and, and traps. And the lower body is just not there to support you because guess what you're going to rely on in, in a later, you can be the, the world's strongest bench presser but if you can't squat your body weight and some, as you age, that's going to become a limiting factor in whether you can get up and down, how mobile you are, whether you can get up and down a set of stairs, whether you can get in and out of a chair, whether you can squat down and play with your grandkids, you know, on the floor. Like these things are super duper important and you don't want to be the dude or the girl who skips leg day. You know, it's, re it's really not something that we would recommend. So, you know, the way we design UMS, it is, it is it, although we have um, uh, a goal to sort of in encourage people to find a sport that they can demonstrate their uh, physical attributes in and if they don't have something we we steer them into calisthenics because it's such a rewarding way to in ignite your intrinsic motivation uh, and keep your training untether you from gyms all sorts of fancy things that we like to do but we still have a huge emphasis on lower body training here you know we, we t twice a week we're doing lower body training and and uh, I feel like that's something that really shouldn't be overlooked in, in someone's, um, in someone's uh, program, you know. Totally. Um, I just want to have a quick little rant about um, imbalances and, and injury identity because this is a real thing that I come across in a, uh, a big way in, physio, in my physio world, like um, seeing patients who are just so hung up on imbalances that that, that becomes like pathological. Yeah. <laughs> Where basically that then stops them from doing things because they're so worried about certain imbalances. So um, I think it's a really important like tool to use assessments to like, you know, have a look at ways that you can improve, but it should never mean that you should like stop doing things entirely. It might mean that you slow down like, you know, trying to progress on certain elements, but you're always wanting to keep a, you know, well balanced, well like um, structured training together and don't use in, like, don't get too hung up on imbalances. You, <laughs> said, you said something before that really is important that you, we brushed over very quickly, which is what Bass does. You know, if he gets a guy who's already a, an, an insanely, and I've watched this on uh, because we're friends and I follow him on social and stuff, yeah. he'll get someone who comes in who's already got a 200 kilogram bench press and take them to a 260 kilogram bench yeah. press in a matter of months. And you said it very clearly before he will just do maintenance bench pressing for a while to bring up their pulling and and shoulder stability and i know that bass also works on rotator cuff stability and things like that he doesn't stop bench pressing if he finds that they can't row any anywhere near what they should be able to row he maintains the bench press they still do it every week you know and that's something really really important to take into consideration you know when we assess someone at unity gym and we find an imbalance it doesn't matter how severe that imbalance is they don't stop everything to work on that imbalance we just um customize the program so that we make sure that the imbalance is taken care of during their workouts you know and they're focusing on that and from time to time 
with if someone who's managing something that's been going for a long time or it's affected their posture, we might give them a little bit of additional homework to do, but it certainly doesn't interfere with their workout. You know, it doesn't, it, it just, it just helps direct the workout. It helps to customize the workout. You know, we're going to reveal exactly how we do that at the end of the week. Any uh, closing thoughts, Rad, before we get to Tim Hughes's comment here? Yeah, let's give some love to everyone in the, in the group who's um, commenting. I, I just think my, I, I feel like I've just wasted so much time throughout my life, but how can you really say that? Because you know, everything that you did led you to where you are now, of course. But before having access to the information that we now just give out on these shows, I just really didn't, didn't get this concept and I really didn't understand how much simpler it is on a, you know, if you just remove the complexity and just sort of dull it down and just work on this balance stuff, like the, the amazing results that you can produce. And I always thought that there was like some magic solution to something that to the issues that I had in my body that I could that I needed to find and and it turns out that it was a lot simpler than I thought it was you know if you just learn if you just learn to assess an imbalance and go oh okay there's an imbalance let's work on that a little bit but by doing what you guys just said there not like neglecting your strengths just adding in some stuff to bring your imbalance up to your strength and that's just done wonders for me yeah Mm. Do you want to go through the comments and... Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so we've got... Uh, oh God. Hello, hello, Daljit, and also Lucio, uh, yeah. Roy Stern. Yeah. Hey let, us know, let us know if you're on the stream, guys. I know we've got a bunch of people watching live. We'd yeah. love to know where you are. Like Kurt Dyer, tuned in over here in New Zealand, loving the in-depth analysis and always enjoy the wealth of knowledge you are willing to share. Keep it up, guys. That's Thanks, really Kurt. amazing, That's Kurt. Awesome, Thank mate. you. Tim Hughes is saying, hi, all. I had an exercise physiologist at the local gym. Uh, and use the FMS to assess my body. Formally FMS. Oh, is, is no, that the, the real fun- He's talking FMS. about the functional, functional movement, movement screening. Yeah. For those of you that want to know why we changed from the foundation movement system FMS to the UMS, that's why. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that right there is why. Um, it was something, uh, this is Tim again, he's saying, it was something that was very interesting, but I didn't have the time, motivation to keep following the prescribed exercises to fix the imbalances. Thank God I have more motivation to get serious about the UMS. And you know what you've said there, Tim, is actually really, really yeah. important because we, we want to highlight this. You know, a system is only as good as it's going to keep you engaged to do. Like yeah. there are systems out there that on paper are really, really amazing and you can't fault them on paper. But they haven't, the, the people behind it or the community behind it hasn't found a way to motivate people to actually do it. Yeah. And that's been a real driving force within the UMS. And there, there's elements there's elements of the UMS that I would definitely say uh, thanks to me. And there's elements of it that are thanks to Phil and thanks to Richard and thanks to Yanni. And this is definitely some of Yanni's magic. Yanni is somebody that's always, he keeps looking at it saying, how are we going to get people to engage with this? What are we going to do to well, make I've people done, actually I've do this? I've done the and f- um, functional movement screening yeah, um, course. I did a two-day two uh, uh, w- workshop. Done a bit of it. And, yeah. um, and it's so thorough. It's it's not as thorough as the Charles uh, Paul Check's um um, um, whatever it was called, uh, uh, you know, Paul Check's assessments that I used to do took six days to get through, six hours. 
uh, functional movement screening, you can kind of do it in a couple of hours. Great, yeah. It's very thorough though, you know. Um, and uh, look, yeah, like uh, 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 we're going to talk about this. We're actually going to, I'm not going to go deep into this because uh, we'll waste time, but we're going to talk it's about on, th on Thursday thing, right? why we don't assess people when they set foot in Unity Gym, why we actually delay the assessment process and initially focus on just improving technique in the in the 15 foundation movements first because you, you, you can get analysis paralysis from assessments especially yeah. if they're too good you know and i i did the fms as a patient seeing a physio and i was just kind of pissed off because i was like oh i just didn't know how to do the thing and if i just did it like one more time like i just learned yeah. it to be fine but like <laughs> yeah big time yeah so yeah. that yeah as i didn't find it particularly useful but you know anyway, yeah we'll go into that another day yeah yeah uh, absolutely all right guys we're going to bring this in for a landing thank you so much for joining us for everyone joining us live thank you very very much this is going to be an epic week uh very very excited about it we're going to split the week up as we said with nilesh on the show going real deep in athletic performance and injury management and, and essentially teach you guys how to avoid ever needing to go see a physio that's the plan <laughs> that's our plan this week and uh yeah i can't wait to um to share exactly what we're doing at unity gym right now because it's getting some amazing results we're going to reveal all so stay tuned yeah and guys who are watching live or, or if you you know are listening to it later like please do send us through questions i feel like there's been a bit of a drop-off in questions lately people saying hi and giving a few encouraging comments which is so nice but you know we're really here like kurt sort of you know said like we're we uh, we enjoy doing this stuff and we want to help you out as much as possible so if you do have any questions we can help you out yeah, absolutely. And we're going to start kicking off our weekly workouts for the YouTube channel again soon. And if you get a good question in, we may just make, turn it into a uh, an actual video, produced video. So oh, keep it up, guys. We'll see you soon. See ya. Health is about performance, not just body image. You better be willing to accept what you're going to have to do to get there. We'll start focusing on movement goals, strength goals, flexibility goals. When you nail that skill, it's there forever. The body image goal doesn't get you that it's far. It's the consistency and frequency that's going to get you there. It's not the intensity. There's no shortcuts to mastery and movement. Destination doesn't change overnight, but your direction will. It's the gym is not the place to beat up the body that you hate. It's the place to build the body that you love. We are the gym that teaches people how to move instead of just exercise because we believe that health is about performance, not just body image.